Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program is brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States, here's Rappin' on Racing. This is NASCAR driver Josh Berry, and you're listening to Rapping on Racing. This is the banker Bob Thought for this evening. Whenever I watch political news, I feel like I'm diagonally parked in a parallel universe. Hi, listeners. Joining us now, back from the Witness Protection Program, is Dave Oliveri. Dave, uh, good evening. How are you? I don't know. To be honest, Don, I would like to say I don't. I still don't know if I'm coming or going. But it, it's great to be back. Uh, I've been around for a while. We'll discuss that. But just to do the open with you, this is something we've like traditionally done, and we've just due to a multitude of things in our lives, we've kind of gotten away from that. So it's nice to be able to, you know, chat with you again. Well, a new house, Florida vacation, and a wedding July 22nd. What are you doing in your spare time? I went to Lernerville. Oh, okay. Three days at Lernerville. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that, but I want to kind of get the meat and potatoes in here. Our guests tonight include Josh Berry. July 2021, Billy Rebar, Lenny Baticki, and I went to the Heinz History Sports Museum in Pittsburgh to cover the car super late model race at Jennerstown. Josh was there to race, and uh, Lenny was the moderator for all the TV stations. And then uh, Billy said the highlight of the trip was lunch at the Olive Garden with uh, the three of us. So, uh, Pretty nice uh, situation. A really nice guy. I am so happy that he's getting the ride in the four car because he deserves it. And it was kind of funny. It, it was like one of the worst kept secrets. But like you said, uh, he's been a super sub the last couple of years, uh, most recently for Henrik and Junior Motorsports. And it's opportunities like this. You know, these guys don't have big sponsor monies, and to come in and to work your way up, and then to, like you said, back a couple of years ago to come up to Jennerstown to promote that race with you, know, you and Billy and Lenny, it just shows you how these guys are. And he didn't buy the ride; he got it the hard way. Bill Corch has a report on the firecracker at Lernerville. Before we get any further down the road here, what an outstanding job that the, the Thompsons and Jason and uh, Dan Bauman, everybody that was involved gave it 110%. And there were people saying it's never going to happen. They said it Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, but it happened, and it happened big time. 
we were kind of joking that after you know Thursday's rain out and, and to move in Friday, those of us that know Smokey Shemp, he has his vortex theory. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know if it works or if it's true, but it, it, it kept the rain away for the last few days, and it was just some. You know, you had an opportunity to watch it on foot racing, and for the fans that were there, like you said, there was just some outstanding racing. Well, I gave Dan Bauman the nickname, the Dirt Whisperer, because I think he must talk to the track. Because with all that rain and all those problems, the track was nice. The drivers were complimenting him on how nice the track was. What was funny, James Essex and I were walking through the pitch yesterday, and right before the uh, the autograph session, we came through, and, and Dan was standing at the gate from the pits out to the grandstands, and we were talking. I said, Dan, you know, I don't know what happened. There's, like, no chance for any. He says, David, I have to see this. I saw I literally had to pull my phone out, and there, there was no chance of rain. Yeah, and not only is Dan a hard worker, but he's a great guy. Um, you had a chance to interview Ricky Thornton Jr. You did a pre-race and then a Victory Lane interview, and you also have a nice one with Max Blair. Uh, which one of these kept calling you, sir? Well, that was Hudson. Uh, oh, okay. uh, he's just the, the, the southern gentleman, which we had a nice interview with Hudson, but we'll talk about that. But uh, Ricky, the success that Ricky had over the weekend, he kept seeing me, so it's like, he says, are you back again? I said, no, hey, Ricky, it's good that I'm back because you're doing well. But, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, um, I think our, our listeners will get a uh, little insight on what some of these drivers, you know, go through during the fire. Jeremy Schaefer, Ethan Myers, and Zane Farrell did interviews with Halle Bayless at Jennerstown Speedway. People keep thinking that he, he left Latrobe, but Howie is, he's addicted to racing. When Latrobe canceled, up the hill to Jennerstown, and he bailed them out because I don't think they had a a reliable on track announcer, and he just he's doing a great job. Uh, one of my people that pays attention said, "Tell Howie to wear his hat frontwards because when he wears it backwards, it doesn't look professional." Sure enough, the next time he did it, he had his hat on frontwards, and he he's covering a lot of stuff for me. Speaking of hats, I got to tell you a funny story that happened during the driver's autograph session yesterday. Uh, Big sexy Brandon Overton normally wears his hat backwards. It's just a, a trademark of his. Well, at the autograph session, he had it frontwards, and no one knew who he was. <laughs> so there, there you go. <laughs> hey, it's interesting. This is the second year for the Lucas Oil Late Models at Lernerville. It all came to be after Mike Lisikowski, who was the track manager at the time, made a phone call to his longtime friend Rick Schwally, the director of the series, and the deal was completed. Look at the success Lernerville's having based on Mike's phone call. Well, the, the big take of that, and, you know, James Essex and Dustin Jarrett, who were doing the broadcast for Flow, along with Ben Shelton, the thing that they kept talking about is the camping. There was like 680-some campers in amongst around the Speedway, and each year as this grows, I'm sure the camping numbers are going to grow with it, Don. Well, Darren sent me some pictures. They're doing some uh, uh, dirt movement and some excavating off the back straightaway to make uh, the pit area bigger because they're going to need that. And uh, 
several of the businesses along uh, 286 or uh, not 356 were cooperating by either having people park there or having their businesses shut down on race night. So, uh, you know, we can't uh, can't say enough about what a wonderful job they did at Lernerville for the whole three days. Yeah, we, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but just I mean, you think the undertaking that it goes from the setup to the track preparation to the concessions, and it's just a huge undertaking. And like I was talking with um, James Essex, and and, and you 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 were a promoter at one time. Fans think you just opened the door, or the key to the place on Saturday or Sunday, whatever night you're racing. And you're ready to go. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. No, it's it's 24/7. Even during the off season, you know, I was really impressed with uh, Commander Ricky May when he did the national anthem. Uh, very professional and very well done. You know, we have a large number of interviews in the hopper for future shows. We have Kelly Shawless, the Burkholders, Hudson O'Neill, and Jason Bush. But I want to talk to you about Brock Pinkerhouse. Yeah, just um, I had a chance during the rain delay on Friday to go down and, and to try to get some interviews. And I've seen him race a little bit. He's from upstate New York around the Albany area, and he's 13 on. And, uh, I mean, I sent you a picture, and if fans go on to their uh, the Rush website, I'm sure you'll see it. But uh, I'll just – I sent the interview to you. I know you've had a chance to listen to it, but I had a chance to meet his family yesterday, and he was telling me some things, and his mom says, oh, I think you kind of expounded on that. And I said, but I'm not going to ruin the interview, but it was just great. He was in line with the Lucas Oil drivers for the autograph session and Don, the little kids, and I, I told you this earlier in the, the other day, where it's a little girl about, Seven years old, cute little blonde hair, pigtails, uh, just adorable. And I said, she needs to go. You needed a picture. His PR person. I said, you need to get a picture with him. And he did. And the mother says, oh, he has. She has such a big crush on him. <laughs> so it's things like that that make you. I mean, all the things that you do, you can't put a price tag on it. But the smile on everybody's face just said it all. What is he about? Four foot tall. I don't know. There's a picture that whenever we do the interview, you're going to post it. He's standing next to the uh, the pit cart, and he comes to the top of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so some of your interviews are really, really funny. Uh, we also want to mention uh, on tonight's show, uh, Tyler Harris has all the latest news for the upcoming week at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. I understand they had a very successful monster truck show there. But uh, it would have been uh, a big problem to try and run against the firecracker. And I think they realized that, so they adjusted accordingly. You know, and speaking of adjusting accordingly, there was a time at Pittsburgh when there was late model semi-lakes and pure stocks. And as things changed over the years, uh, the Miley family had to diversify, and they run everything. Open wheel, full body, coupes, or not coupes, but uh, uh, modifieds, uh, uh, the rush. Four uh, cylinders, on yeah, stocks. Yeah. 
a little bit of everything. And we would be remiss if we didn't talk about what a nice job uh, Vicky uh, Emig and Mike Leone did with the, the Rush show. Yeah, it was. Um, There's a little sidebar to that, and then I'll, if we have a moment, I will kind of share it with you because everybody's used to Max being in the one one one. Well, when Max decided to go full time late model racing, he sold all his creative equipment, and he dabbled a little bit with some rides last year. Well, one of our regulars from Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, Caleb McManus is now part of the Max Blair race team. So she's working on shocks and tires for both Max and Robbie. And I don't know how the deal came about. It, it's with Centerline Motorsports. And that was the car that Max won with Saturday night was supposed to be her crate car this year. It was a Charlier car from last year. Then her car, the Catellus's bought. And, you know, the players did their magic and, 50 laps later, it's parked in Victory Lane. That's why it had the 00K on it. That's her number. And the the uh, $20,000 check kind of added a little something. I thought it was funny when Max was talking about they had asked him about driving the car, and I, I guess his thoughts were, gee whiz, I don't know much about this car. Is this going to work? Well, it definitely worked. Yeah, it did, and then top of the $20,000, he got a $7,000 raise. He's, he's going to put that up on the mantle, he said. So, yeah. uh, again, it's just it's nice. I saw a post from a uh, longtime friend, Chris Zuber, who's down in North Carolina now, and his son's running the MLS series. And, you know, one of the we've been fortunate over the last 10 years, first with Mike Pager when they came up, because him and Max came up together, to see those two at one time were the one and two crate late motors in the country. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for coming back, and I know I'm probably not going to see you for a while, but you have a lot on your plate. New house, Florida vacation, and an upcoming wedding. Uh, maybe after the wedding you'll be calmed down a little bit, and you'll know whether you're coming or going. Yeah, yeah I hope so. It's just uh, I, I jokingly I told everybody, I said, friends of mine, I said, I just decided to do it all in one year. I got a new vehicle. I turned 65. I sold my house. <laughs> I'm getting married. It's just life's good. And I, I have a, a, a wonderful uh, woman in Char. She's, I love her dearly. And it's just, it's going to be good. Well, you're a good man and you deserve it. Uh, I will talk to you when you get caught up. And I thank you for being with us tonight. All right, Don. Have a good one. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tyler Harris. Hello, listeners. Tyler Harris here for your weekly report from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Before I get into PPMS, I'd like to first tip the cap to everybody at Lernerville Speedway for this past weekend for their very successful 17th annual Firecracker 100 presented by Big River Steel. The forecast was less than ideal. The weather proved to be a challenge, but it was nothing that Dan Bauman and his crew couldn't handle. An additional thank you to the Thompson family for providing such an excellent event, and I'm sure that the success will continue for years to come. 
Pittsburgh is eager to welcome the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series and Big River Steel back to our neck of the woods on Saturday, September 30th for the 35th annual Pittsburgher, where the final four drivers for the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series will be determined for the series championship. Tickets and more information for that show are available now at ppms.com. There was no racing this past weekend as we took the weekend to host Monster Trucks presented by the Garden Motorsports Group. So this week is a great time now more than ever to run down some of the point standings heading into what is seemingly the second half of our 2023 racing season. We'll kick things off with the Rourke Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models. Currently sitting first in points is Cole Patrell out of Fallensby, West Virginia. Rush Late Model rookie Frank McGill currently sits second, 18 points behind. Cassidy Kamaker currently sits third with 23 points behind your leader. Brandon Burgoon in car number 5X is currently sitting in fourth. He is the only driver in the top five to have a win on the season. Behind him, it is Tom Klein out of Rochester, Pennsylvania, who currently sits 30 points behind your points leader. Jim and Johnny Mullock, Ben Police, Mike Reft, Brian Hutchko, and Cody Catellis round out your six through ten positions. Looking at the points for the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, it is the 2022 champ AJ Poljak who currently sits up top with 258 points. Nick Kachuba currently sits second, 12 points behind your leader. Dale Tui not far behind Nick Kachuba, 14 points behind your leader and two points behind Kachuba. The rookie, Emmy Laboon, 15-year-old sensation, currently sits fourth in points, 32 points back. And Tony McGill in card number M5 rounds out your top five, currently 39 points behind the leader, A.J. Poljack. Jackson Billick, Jacob Billick Jr., Matt Bernard, Cody Catellis, and Jordan Perkins currently round out your top ten. Jordan Perkins has the most wins in the division currently with two. Other drivers with wins include Chris Schneider, Daryl Charlier, and Tim Bish. Looking at the PPMS Hobby Socks, sitting up on top of the point standings is Garrett O'Patchen, a driver who recently returned to racing back in 2022 after a long hiatus and is back behind the wheel for a full-time season looking to hunt down a points championship here. He's got one win on the year and currently sits in the lead with 319 points. Logan Catellis in car number 64K is second in points with a win to his credit as well. He is currently with 314 points and five points behind your leader. Steven Sheltman, the four-time track champion, has three wins on the season, is currently on his second car, and he sits 11 points behind leader Garrett O'Patchen with only four races made. Position number four, it is the 221K of Carly Kovacs, currently 35 points behind their leader, and Matt Bernard rounds out your top five, 45 points behind Garrett O'Patchen. Positions 6 through 10 include Cameron Hollister, Jonathan Catellis, Gary Catellis, Leroy Brown, and Mark Corio. Looking at the Crawford Auto Repair Open 4 Cylinders, Susie Q, Susie Rudolph, currently sits atop of the point standings with 112 points in car number 5R out of Steubenville, Ohio. Currently sitting second in points is Tyler Hollister, 23 points behind your points leader. Hollister has one win on the season in his rookie season in Crawford Auto Repair Open 4-Cylinder Competition. Kyle Janis currently sits third in points with two wins on the season, 36-point deficit behind Susie Rudolph. Matt Knight is still fourth in points, and Eric Reynolds rounds out your top five. Positions 6 through 10 include Tyler Cunha with one win on the season, Noah Bubeck, Travis Clark, Tony Kloss, and Jacob Chips. 
The always safe flagging and traffic control Young Guns has Gavin Kakalis with two feature wins on the season, currently sitting atop of the point standings with 127 points. Zoe Knight with one win on the season, currently sits four points behind Gavin. Paige Jones is third in points. The Bakersfield, California native, 15 points behind your leader. Cheyenne Hollister, fourth in points right now, 20 points behind Gavin. And rounding out your top five is Sadie Snatchko, 32 points behind the leader with one win on the season. Positions six through 10 include Sumara Weaver, Evan Strauss, Abby Gindelsberger, AJ Manganello, and Kirsten Chernick returning after a almost one-year hiatus from racing as she gets back behind the wheel of car number 5X. We'll also take a quick look at the Jerry Rents Helvis Auto and Truck Supply Rush Sportsman Modifieds presented by Born to Run Lubricants as they compete in Sunbelt Rentals Weekly Series events at the Speedway. They will be on the card for this upcoming Saturday night. With just one race complete, Aiden Cipriano was your feature winner back on their season opener with us back in May. So therefore, he is atop of the point standings. J.C. Boyer was second. Chelsea Craigish was third. Cole Holden was fourth. And Jordan Ehrenberg rounded out your top five. So we'll see how the points will break down and shake down after their second race of the season with us coming up on Saturday, July the 1st. As exciting as monster trucks are, we are ready to get back into the swing of things this Saturday, July the 1st, as Falcone's Moon Township Automotive presents the MPD Racing Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series. Traditional, non-wing sprint car racing proves to be some of the most exhilarating, blood-pumping action known to the sport, and we look forward to having these daredevils on display at Dirt's Monster Half Mile. And as mentioned earlier, we also welcome the Jerry Renz Havas Auto and Truck Supply Rush Sportsman Modifieds presented by Born to Run Lubricants for a Sunbelt Rentals Weekly Series event. And of course, let us not forget our TMT Transportation Action Event Divisions, including the Rourke Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, the PPMS Hobby Stocks, the Crawford Auto Repair Open 4 Cylinders, and the Always Safe Flagging and Traffic Control Young Guns. So a jam-packed action-filled seven-division show on Saturday, July the 1st. Information for this upcoming weekend and every week is available at ppms.com. If you can't make it in person, watch PPMS events live and on demand on The Cushion. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and keep an eye out for our weekly highlights on our YouTube channel. We look forward to seeing you all here soon at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Reporting for Rappin' on Racing, I'm Tyler Harris. The month of July at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway is shaping up to be a thrilling month of entertainment at Dirt's Monster Half Mile. On Saturday, July the 1st, Falcone's Moon Township Automotive presents the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series. The wingless daredevils fight one another to tame Dirt's Monster Half Mile. On Saturday, July the 8th, it's autograph night where everyone will get to meet the drivers and see the cars up close on the front stretch of the Speedway. Saturday, July 15th, it's the annual Herb Scott Memorial featuring the Rush Late Model Touring Series. One week later, on July 22nd, our TMT Transportation Action Event Divisions will be on display as the Rush Sportsman Modifieds join us for another visit. And the month rounds out on July 29th with the Rush Sprint Cars, headlining a TMT Transportation Action Event. Visit ppms.com today. Search PA Motor Speedway on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, home of Dirt's Monster Half Mile.
And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapid on Racing. Two nights of rain, three days of racing. All part of the 17th annual Firecracker Weekend at Lernerville Speedway in Sarver. Sanctioned by the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series and the Rush Dirt Late Model Series. Time trials and heat races were held on Thursday night at Lernerville with the 51 Lucas Oil Late Models split into two groups. Jonathan Davenport set the fast time for Group A, Spencer Hughes for Group B. Group A heats were won by Davenport, Brandon Overton, and Mason Ziegler, while the B group heats went to Tim McCready, Cody Overton, and Hudson O'Neill. Just as the first 25-lap feature was to roll out, rains hit the track and it soaked it enough to end the racing for the evening, moving the features to Friday afternoon. So shortly after 12 o'clock, the first feature hit the track on Friday, and leading all the way, Jonathan Davenport won his first ever race at Lernerville. Hard to imagine, considering his great success around the country. Davenport talked about it following the 25-lap feature. A few uh, weeks after my best friend died in uh, 2013, uh, me and his dad come out here and uh, put his ashes around the top of this place so uh ever since then i don't know why this place has eluded me but uh it's awesome that uh we got to win and uh i never came off the top so i was i was thinking about old peanut the whole time but uh just got a thanks to my crew on this one for sure and everybody up back at longhorn chassis this is a brand new car it wasn't much more than a frame start of the week and uh my guys busted their tail and everybody at longhorn and uh man this this thing was really good right off the truck set fast time won her heat and let every lap local favored michael norris finished in the runner-up spot followed by brandon overton and two more pennsylvania drivers max blair and mason ziegler to round out the top five in the second feature of the afternoon caution flags plagued the race eventually won by tim mccready he talked about track conditions in victory lane I struggle a little bit in traffic there because you can't get your entry right, so I would imagine what it was like for the guys further on back. Uh, you know, Lernerville did a very good job. Um, the place, when I got here this morning, I thought, man, I don't know if it's going to even be ready, and uh, they did a good job. It's got a little bit of a cushion, but that's part of the racing, but the rest of it's nice, and um, hopefully we can keep running good. Spencer Hughes finished second, followed by Devin Moran, Hudson O'Neill, and Dalton Wilson to complete the top five. Well, just as the evening of racing was to begin with hot laps, more rain hit the Sarver area, soaking the track and causing about a two-hour delay. When racing finally got underway, it was the two-group heat race format again, with Group A wins going to Ricky Thornton Jr., Jonathan Davenport, and Spencer Hughes, and Devin Moran, Dalton Wilson, and Max Blair won the heats in Group B. Thornton Jr. led the first 21 laps of the 25-lap Group A feature, when Davenport then slipped by him. Thornton, though, slid into J.D. and retook the lead a lap later and went on to the win. I got the lap cars all kind of running around the bottom, and then uh, I was running around the bottom, and, and I heard J.D. get under me, and he was going to slide me, and uh, I about ruined his night over there in turn two. I definitely didn't. Uh, I, I, I didn't really want to slide him. I just wanted to get all the way up next to him, and my right rear caught his left front. And uh, Hopefully it didn't really ruin his night. I saw he ended up third, luckily, so... Uh, I mean, it was my own fault. Uh, earlier, I should have just settled for where I was at and uh, instead made it a really long night for us tonight. I really had to, to perform tonight. That way, I'm in a good spot for tomorrow. So it, uh, it sucks we won't be on the front row of a heat race, but uh, we got a really good speed, and I think we can still get through the field. As it got later into Friday evening at Lernerville, the Group B feature hit the track for 25 more laps, and it was Max Blair driving a Boom Briggs team car who came out on top. 
It was an excited Blair in victory lane as he gained his first ever Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series win. Man, it's awesome. I, I don't even know what to say. I, uh, I started running Devin down a little bit there, and I'm like, no way. <laughs> I think I'm a little bit better than him. And then I passed him, and I messed up every corner for the next three laps, and I finally calmed myself down and uh, just rode her to the end there. But, uh, man, it's awesome. I, I can't thank Boom and Steve Briggs, everybody at Briggs Transport, uh, Chubb Frank, I can't thank them guys enough. They're, they've given me an opportunity of a lifetime. This is a this is a great partnership. I think it's going to be a really good fit. And uh, I, just, I just can't thank Boom enough for everything he's done for me. Dalton Wilson finished second, followed by Devin Moran, Michael Norris, and Tyler Brunig to complete the top five. So it was on to day three at Lernerville with six more heat races, B-mains, and the 100-lap $50,000 to win feature. Points gained the previous two days set the heat lineups, and they were won by Davenport, Thornton Jr., Brandon Overton, McCready, Norris, and Moran. The B-main winners were Dalton Wilson and Tyler Erb. At the start of the feature, Davenport grabbed the lead with Thornton Jr. in second as they remained caution-free until lap 31. Davenport stayed in front when the second caution came out two laps later, and then a four-car pileup on the backstretch on the restart brought out the race's final caution flag. After the cleanup, it was Davenport again in the lead, but Thornton Jr. shot past him into the top spot on lap 45. Hudson O'Neill got past Davenport for second, and then he took the lead from Thornton Jr. on lap 53. That only lasted for two circuits as the 20T of Thornton Jr. regained the top spot. Then it was a battle through lap traffic. On lap 71, O'Neill moved back in front, but he surrendered the lead again to Thornton Jr. four laps later. And from there, he opened up a big gap in the final portion of the race to capture the 17th annual Firecracker 100. In victory lane, Thornton Jr. talked about the early battle with Davenport. I really didn't know what to do on those restarts, and I'm like, you know what? I know I was running around the bottom. If I can just keep him pinched down there, maybe maybe late in the race I could, could roll the middle and get back by him. And uh, I don't know, I guess I just saved my stuff long enough where, where whenever I needed to use it, I really could. And then the back and forth with O'Neill. How to get by me, and I just kind of rail the middle, and he gets stuck behind a lap car. And uh, I wasn't positive what tires he had on. I know... If, they were talking about going soft, so it, it kind of committed them to the bottom. I don't know if that's what they ended up on, and I, uh, I don't know. I, I felt like I gave the race away once he got by, and then uh, was behind Earl, and I just, I just, I don't know, kicked it another gear and just held Mary the top, and, and it stuck. And then I was able to run there for a long time, and then uh, there with about pi 15 to go, I moved back down to the middle, and uh, I don't know. Our stuff was good all night, all weekend. O'Neill said that with that long stretch of green flag racing, lap traffic made it tough. I was so married to that bottom, it was hard to it was hard to deal with some of them lap cars because I just couldn't quite get a run on them I needed. And uh, then that bottom got so thin, then it made it even harder. And that Ricky had a little hard tires on and was able to move out out on the racetrack a little bit. And and maybe maybe I didn't give it a fair enough shot. I don't I don't know. Uh, but we we kind of been behind the eight ball here all week, man. We just uh, we just struggled to find our stride, and I felt like we just kept getting a little bit better and a little bit better every time we got on the racetrack. So. To come out of here with a second, uh, we're not going to bow our heads about that. You know, Obviously, we want to win, and we want to be where that 20 car is, but uh, we're happy with a second tonight. 
And third place finisher Davenport said that changing track conditions made it tougher for him. It was just a little too tight, and once it got slicker and slicker, that it showed up more and more. I couldn't turn down in the corner like I needed to and had to shear. But, you know, that's a, a, a brand-new car, and, uh, you know, that's, that's the best we've ever been here by far. Top three, I'll take that. Um, good points not for us, really, in, in the big scheme of things. So the top 10 had the $50,000 to win, 17th annual Firecracker 100 for the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series. Ricky Thornton Jr., the winner, Hudson O'Neill second, Jonathan Davenport third. A good run for Greg Satterley to finish fourth, Devin Moran was fifth. Then Brandon Overton, Michael Norris, a great run for Ken Shelton, Brandon eighth, Mason Ziegler, and Max Blair to complete the top ten. On to the other racing this past weekend, 56 cars in the pits to compete for the $20,000 to win Bill Amick Memorial, presented by the Rush Dirt Late Model Series. Darrell Lanigan and Cody Overton set fast times in their respective qualifying groups. The six heat race winners were Josh Ferry, Joe Martin, Logan Zarin, Cody Overton, Charlie Sandercock, and Max Blair. Nick Davis, Mason Siegler, and Logan Jacquet were the last chance B-Main winners. It was Overton and Blair battling for the top two spots early in the 50-lap feature. Before they hit lap traffic, Blair was able to shoot past Overton on lap nine to take the top spot. He stayed there during a four-caution flag session that slowed the racing between laps 18 and 21. It was Blair, Overton, and Joe Martin in the top three as the race moved into the final 15 laps, with Michael Norris moving into fourth place. After the final caution flag fell on lap 34, Blair maintained his lead as they caught lap traffic, and he was able to hold off Overton for the $20,000 win. In Victory Lane, Blair talked about the Centerline Motorsports-owned car, but he was asked to drive just recently. This thing was really, really good. It, uh, you know, we, we uh, brought it to our shop there a couple weeks ago, and we've been tweaking on and tweaking on it, and uh, you know, we got a little better and a little better all weekend this weekend, and uh, that was a lot of fun. It, uh, racing with Cody is always fun, and uh, man, them cautions were starting to uh, starting to really bum me out there for a second. Anything can happen on them restarts, but. Uh, We've raced together a bunch over, over the last few years, and uh, we always race each other really well, so I knew we didn't have nothing to worry about, and I thought we could put on a good show for everybody. Kayla McManus was the driver for Centerline in last year's event. She passed the baton to Blair for this year and remained as a crew member on the car. The top ten at the Bill Emick Memorial. Max Blair the winner, Cody Overton second, and Joe Martin finished third. Michael Norris was fourth, and Daryl Lanigan fifth. Then came Jeremy Wonderling, Logan Zarin, Mike Wonderling, Josh Ferry, and Charlie Sandercock to complete the top ten. Reporting on the 17th annual Firecracker Weekend at Lernerville Speedway, I'm Bill Korch for Rapid on Racing. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. 
When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store. Or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price, and it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away. Number one, Cochrane. See it all at Cochrane.com. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. Joining us is the driver of the 20RT, Ricky Thornton Jr. Ricky, you couldn't ask for a better start to the season. As we're talking here, I see the orange spoiler on the car, which means you're currently leading the Lucas Oil Point, so congratulations on that. You've had it for quite a while. I think you may have lost it to the Hudson maybe one, one night or so in Florida, but other than that... Uh, what that tells me is, in this season with so many things, and when I had a chance to talk to Hudson, we'll get to, towards the end of the year, but you've got nine wins on the year. Your percentage is like 35% from the races that you've raced, and that's just a phenomenal percentage. And you'd like to say, I want to keep it going, but we know in third track racing, uh, you never know what happens night to night. Yeah, no, we, uh, we started the year really good. And, uh, I feel like we we had a couple nights we should have won that, that I gave away right at the very end, uh, especially there at Golden Isles. Uh, but, I mean, overall, we, we've had really good speed since since we've unloaded to start the year. And, and really, we haven't slowed down. So it, uh, there, there's a few nights where we had some bad finishes just to, to me doing dumb stuff, essentially. Like, we had a top five going, just trying to trying to be that much better cost me and end up running 15th. So it... Uh, Overall, our, our team's been working really hard and just trying to stay on top of everything the best we can. And, uh, you, you can win one night and get lapped the next night, so you just you really never know. And, uh, that's that's the nice part about this sport is really the a guy can figure out something and be really good for for a few months, and then he kind of tapers back off as everyone kind of catches on. So it, uh, as long as we can keep doing our homework and just bringing really good cars to, to the track every weekend, and hopefully we can keep having good results. Been in the Longhorn for a couple of years now. Do you feel sometimes where, as a driver, no two cars are alike, but to I wouldn't even say the racetracks that much might suit your styles, depending upon you. you know, if you're from the Midwest, you might have a little advantage out there when you head out that way. But 
does there come to a point when you just say like, wow, I feel really good in the car and my communication to the crew is minimal? Yeah, I, I mean, yes and no. It, uh, I feel like really the only way you can be better is you got to be really, really tell your crew what's going on. And, and luckily with, with Burroughs here, he, he raced for many years, so he kind of understands what the car, how it feels inside the car. So like I feel like that part of it's helped us as far as I can relay stuff and 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 he gets what we're talking about so that part's really good uh with i mean ideally you want to unload and go out and be the fastest car uh, qualifying really set your night and and fortunately like we haven't been the top guy every night but we, we've been a five ten qualifying so it uh it, that part makes your car or makes it that much easier as a driver just you're not starting eighth in a heat race trying to run third or second or whatever it might be and and you can run hard but you don't have to run crazy and really just abuse your stuff early in the night that way by the time feature comes you're not thrashing to just to get out and, and have a shot at racing so uh, overall just we put a, a really good package together and i feel like we got speed start to finish whether whether kind of no matter where we're going and and what tire we're on so it uh it just it shows how hard our, our guys worked over the winter just making sure that we figure out exactly what suits me and i feel like that's the biggest thing is like i wouldn't say we're in arca cars but i feel like we all pretty much got about the same race car it's just fine-tuning it for your driving style for for each place you go to and, and luckily we got a really good package we can do that yeah for you midwest guys you come east and the tracks here or I would say difference is black and white. There, what you have out there in you know Iowa and, and, and yeah. in Illinois or one thing here, they're consistent there. They don't change much here. And when we talked about it before the interview, you're going to have th- you know weather permitting, but we're going to have three different races in each track. Each night's going to be different. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And and like I started, I grew up from from Arizona, so I had uh, I had kind of a similar dirt that I like had. Out, is out here in Pennsylvania there it just dry crummy like and, and you learn a lot and then then I moved to Iowa there for four or five years and it's all black like traction just it's so different and then I mean you go, you go to the south and you get all the red clay so it's it I would say I each, each time I go to a place I'm still learning tremendously just I, I haven't got to run in all these different stuff and it's nice to be able to come back to a racetrack that I have been at a couple of times now and and you kind of learn just different little characteristics of each clay and, and stuff like that and I mean as long as you can have your notebook and write down your notes exactly what's going on that way when you do go back say six months or a year from now you you can go back and and kind of just go over it and watch replays and stuff like that and just try to pick up right where you left off and, and try to be better listeners if you're just joining us we're talking to ricky thornton jr the driver of the 20 rt ricky as as, we, as the season goes on um and tonight or throughout the weekend here at lernerville one of your sponsors big river steel this is a big weekend for them as well because you know, they have places down in the south and here in western pennsylvania and as i you know look at the front of the car that badging is real big and as you walk around lernerville speedway it's prevalent Oh, I mean, this weekend's huge. It, uh, so we, we use, go through Scott Coleman for everything uh, with their Big River Steel, and and he's based right there in Pittsburgh. So it, uh, I think they're saying Saturday they're going to have about 750 employees here. So it, it, it's really cool. It, uh, it's me and Devin pretty much. They're the two that's got their sponsorship. So obviously when you, you want to do well no matter where you go, but you really want to do, want to do well when you have big-time sponsors here. So it, uh, I mean, it's no different when, when we go to Georgia and hang out with Colton and 
Forms people or if we're in Iowa hanging out with the Hoker Trucking people, it's like you you whenever you go to somewhere where you know it's where your main sponsor's at, you, you really want to perform well. So it uh, a little pressure. It, I would say it's pressure, but I feel like I, I do a lot better when it's under pressure. So it uh, I don't know, just hopefully we can have a good weekend. Uh, just not do anything crazy and see where we stack up. Lucas doesn't get back to this neck of the woods very often, just a couple times a year. You know, you run in Eldora, you run in Fairbury, all these iconic tracks. When you come to Lernerville, for you, a, a young man from Arizona, did you know, hear of Lernerville back in the day? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So like, I mean, I, I grew up running stock cars, but I've always been a big sprint car guy too. So it uh, it's cool to be able to turn come to Lernerville, kind of Port Royal, places like that. Where I mean, it's it's big sprint car stuff, but I mean, obviously, it's nice that, that they run late models too. It uh, it's cool to be able to to know about a place like this and how prestigious they really are. And uh, fortunately, I've been mailed enough to come here a couple times. So we ran well both times, and just hopefully we can keep that going. You know, as the points leader, I was talking to Hudson earlier, and he's second in points. This year, you have to be, and we talked about it, you've got to be consistent. So it's those runs where you think you might want to get a spot, and it costs you 10 or 15 spots. And towards the end of the year, when it gets down to that, you know, that final race down in Pittsburgh to where that's going to be the cutoff point for Eldora, you got to be in the top four. I mean, this NASCAR format, I guess, from a driver's standpoint, money-wise, it's there. Yeah. Pressure-wise, you got to be in that top four. So all the wins that you could have, if you're not in that top four, it hurts you. Yeah, and I mean, ideally, you, you, whenever it gets down to that point, you want to be able to have, I would say, a race buffer. Right? Say if you went out and you finished dead last and they won, they still couldn't pass you. Like, that's kind of our main thing. Like Obviously, we'd love to, to lead the points all year. I had, uh, the orange spoiler looks pretty good on our blue and orange car, but... I mean, just at the end of the day, whenever, whenever it gets down to Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh is over, you, you want to be in the top four and give yourself a legitimate shot to win the championship come Eldora. So it, uh, do the best you can all year and just kind of go from there. And like you said, just you don't you don't want to put yourself in bad situations. And, and I feel like I, I've gotten a little better about that, but there's still, I mean, we all still make mistakes no matter who the driver is. So it, uh, you, just, you learn from that stuff that way that you don't put yourself in a bad position again. So it, at the end of the day, like I said, it's it's cool to be the point leader. It's cool to be, be on top right now, but, I mean, it could change tomorrow. So we'll, uh, we'll keep digging, keep doing our best, and uh, see if we can't stay up top. We're used to the kind of electric blue uh scheme on the car a little bit a yep. little bit lighter this year maybe that has brought you some good luck huh? <laughs> i guess it uh, I, I look a lot more like dennis herb now but uh no so normally we got a black deck and stuff like that and this car the favorite color is blue like our, our shops blue our cabinets are blue like honestly i'm surprised we don't have blue hauler but uh that's rocket <laughs> yeah yeah no he, we're dennis he, he he's a big blue guy and uh, we decided to change it up a little bit and and i mean like we had the the chrome blue and stuff on and like it looks really nice, but then it, it almost turns into more of a pain. Just We change drafts and stuff so often to, to make sure our sponsors and everybody are happy and the cars are looking really nice. So it, uh, it's, it's a lot of wasted money just doing the extra stuff. But man, when we come to special events like here, Eldora, just different places like that, usually you'll you'll do something a little different. That way it just gives it a little more flair. Those are the good T-shirt sellers, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ricky, to wrap this thing up, just 
we talked about Big River Steel as one of your marketing partners. Uh, I see there's a lot of other ones. Hope you're trucking on the car. This is your chance to uh, acknowledge them. Yeah, definitely. I got to thank uh, Big River Steel, the U.S. Steel Company for sure, uh, Coltman Farms Racing, Hoker Trucking, uh, Clemens Racing Engines, EMD Wraps, High Performance Lubricants, uh, Snoka Race Fuels, uh, Schoenfield Headers, Impact Racing, uh, I mean, Barron's Buzzy Racing. It's just, we got so many really good people, uh, Bill Stein Shock, Longhorn Chassis, Dyna One. It, really, without all them, it, we wouldn't be able to get up and down the road. It, uh, it's an expensive deal, and luckily we got really good people behind us. Well, Ricky, I thank you for taking time to join myself and Don back in North Carolina at the studio. Uh, best of luck the weekend. Continued luck the rest of the season. We like as, I, as we follow you on flow and wherever. Hopefully, we'll continue to see the orange spoiler on there. And again, thank you for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, it's Ricky Thornton Jr. and you're listening to Wrapping on Racing. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. The month of July at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway is shaping up to be a thrilling month of entertainment at Dirt's Monster Half Mile. On Saturday, July the 1st, Falcone's Moon Township Automotive presents the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series. The wingless daredevils fight one another to tame Dirt's Monster Half Mile. On Saturday, July the 8th, it's autograph night where everyone will get to meet the drivers and see the cars up close on the front stretch of the Speedway. Saturday, July 15th, it's the annual Herb Scott Memorial featuring the Rush Late Model Touring Series. One week later, on July 22nd, our TMT Transportation Action Event Divisions will be on display as the Rush Sportsman Modifieds join us for another visit. And the month rounds out on July 29th with the Rush Sprint Cars, headlining a TMT Transportation Action Event. Visit ppms.com today. Search PA Motor Speedway on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, home of Dirt's Monster Half Mile. Hey, it's Ricky Thornton Jr., and you're listening to Rapping on Racing. 
talking tonight's Firecracker 100 winner, Ricky Thornton Jr. First of all, congratulations. Had a chance to talk to you several times throughout the weekend. You said consistency. Consistency is going to win races. Consistency is going to win a championship. In your wildest dreams, you've won a Pittsburgher. Now you've won a Firecracker 100. Got to be a great feeling. Oh, it is for sure. We, uh, we had a really good car all weekend. And, and they're early in the main. I just knew I had to run hard and stay with JD. Just didn't go, don't get along too far out. And then I was able to do that. I felt like once I got out front, I felt pretty good. But then I knew Hudson was going to be coming around the bottom. He, he had a little different tire choice than we did. So he uh, he got by me there. And, and then I was able to get back by him. And like, heck, we duped it out for probably 20 laps there, I felt like. So luckily I was able to get back out in front of him and, and not really drive off. I felt like I was good enough, had a good enough pace where he wasn't going to just drive right back by me. So in the end, it worked out for us. Uh, just excited to be able to, to come out and really not know how good we were going to be here. And, I feel like we, we had one of the best cars all weekend. You know, the first 33 laps went green, then we had two cautions, or actually a caution and a red. You're sitting there. Do you think, for the, it was a long delay, it was almost 20 minutes, uh, that the tires are going to seal over? Yeah, you thought about it a little bit, but I mean, once we, once we got back under yellow, you just try to do all you could to, to make sure your tires were going to be good still. So, luckily, uh, on the restarts, like my stuff still took off just as good as it was before. So, I wasn't super worried about about them uh, sailing over just because, like, we were running hard, but we weren't running crazy just because we knew it was 100 laps. So, uh, luckily, they didn't sail over, and uh, we, had this, we had a really maneuverable car. That, I think that really is what helped us be able to get the job done. Did you think you'd run the last 67 laps green? Uh, I mean, honestly, I was hoping we were going to run all 100 green. And uh, I feel like the longer we run, the better my car normally gets. So I was kind of glad we had a really long run. Uh, there, with Hudson being on softer tires, really the shorter runs were going to be better for him than it was for us anyway. So it, uh, I felt like once we got really going, I was able to, to move around and move back to the top. And really, that's how I got the lead back, was just running around the top. And then uh, there towards the end, I moved back to the middle, just uh, just kind of protect top and bottom at that point. Uh, I mean, it just, in the end, it worked out. It seemed like with the tire combination Hudson had, he was kind of married to the bottom. And then with lap traffic, you were forced to go upside, up top. And I really think about the midway point, that's where the big factor came in to where your car just got better and better up top. And like you said, with about 10 to go, you went to the middle more to protect. Yeah, I mean, it really was. Like, he, he pretty much had to run around the bottom. And, uh, and it wasn't that, like, he really got stuck behind a bunch of lap cars. Done. Like, I think there was one or two lap cars that kind of held both of us up. But uh, I was, my stuff was good enough where I could enter just above the lap cars and, like, kind of show them that I was there. And they were all nice enough not to, like, block me or run drive back by me or anything. So it uh, it, it was nice to be able to, to race hard and clean. I don't think it would be anybody ever touched the whole time. Me and JD ran door to door my seven, eight laps. There, me and Hunter and door to door seven or eight laps. So it, uh, it was all good, uh, good clean hard racing. I think the, a couple things to wrap it up. One, you had your family with you, and that's always important to be able to share that. But then you had all the folks from Big River Steel. We talked about that other night. The, you know, to put the 20RT in victory lane in front of 750 people. Good evening. Yeah, I know it's definitely awesome. My my wife wasn't at Smoky Mountain, so it's uh it's nice to be able to do it and her being here. My boys, my little girl Hadley. So uh, that part's definitely awesome. Luckily, we got our our apparel trailer fixed up there. We're able to sell a bunch of apparel.
this weekend. So uh, that the, the bigger still kind of promote this whole race. And uh, I think they say there was about 750 employees here over the weekend. So it's definitely cool. I'm sure here once this uh, crate feature finishes, they'll all be down here. We'll take pictures. And uh, I mean, overall, it's just really cool. Well, again, for myself and Don back in North Carolina, congratulations on an unbelievable weekend. Way that things are, we probably won't see it back here in this region until we get here back at the end of September, October for the Pittsburghers. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I like coming out this way and racing. I always feel like we run pretty well, so uh, looking forward to coming back here. And, I mean, we can go to, to Port Royal here, not before too long, so hopefully we can run well there and uh, be back over this way for the Pittsburghers. Okay, congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store. Or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price, and it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away. Number one, Cochrane. See it all at Cochrane.com. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving, and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. Joining us after Friday night's second feature, driver number 111, Max Blair. You've won many, many features, some features here in the crate late model. But how satisfying is it to come, what I want to say in your backyard, but to Lernerville and to get your first Lucas late model win? It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. It was fun racing with Devin and them guys. Uh, you know, we don't race here a lot, but I do like this place. I've had a lot of a lot of fun here the last handful of times we've came. So, uh, you know, today's a we're gonna enjoy this tonight. But you know, we got we got bigger pri bigger goals in sight for tomorrow. 
It was good with both cars, but we want we want to talk about the crate. You do enjoy this, you know. Traditionally, we see you run the bottom with about ten to go after a caution. It seems like you find something through the middle. You were real good in three and four, but through one and two in the middle, the car just seemed to really hook up. Yeah, I just kept searching and searching, you know, and I uh, finally found a line there that my car would uh, would work a little better in. So we just, you know, tried did my best to make it work. You know, there's a lot of people that help, you know, the, the Max player team. And, and, you know, first of all, Boone Briggs, you know, he gave you this opportunity to run and to, you know, be able to do this and share this with your dad has to be special. Yeah, it is. Uh, I can't thank Boom, Steve, and everybody with Briggs Transport enough. They've uh, they've given me an awesome opportunity. And, uh, you know, I hope this deal lasts for a long time. I think it's a really good fit. And, uh, you know, I can't thank my dad enough for everything he's done for me for 33 years. I know it's been a long day. Celebrate. This should put you in good position for a heat race tomorrow, and hopefully that will set you up well for the 100-lapper tomorrow evening. Yes, sir. We're going to try. Max Blair picking up his third career win here at Lernerville in this event. I got two checks here. I'll give you the big one first. It's courtesy of... Uh, Sonoka Race Fuels and Lernerville Speedway. Congratulations, Max. Your third win in this event. You won it in 2019 and 2020. Tell us about the run here tonight. Whew, I'm wore out. I need a Red Bull or something. Uh, this thing was really, really good. It, uh, you know, we, we uh, brought it to our shop there a couple weeks ago, and we've been tweaking on and tweaking on it, and uh, you know, we got a little better and a little better all weekend this weekend, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Hipped, uh, racing with Cody's always fun. And uh, man, them cautions were starting to uh, starting to really bum me out there for a second. Anything can happen on them restarts. But uh, no, I just can't thank Brad and uh, Centerline Motorsports and Kayla and everybody enough for, for letting me drive this thing. I can't thank Boom and Steve enough for allowing me to do it. And uh, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun this weekend. How did this whole deal come together, Max? Well, I actually hired Kayla, who normally drives this car, uh, to be my, my crew on my crew and uh one of the cu first couple of days she was at the shop she's like you want to drive my car for the firecracker and i was like I, maybe i don't know so uh, it just kind of all came together in a, in a hurry there but uh you know i'm sure glad it did and like i said we had a lot of fun were you worried about cody on those restarts yeah i was worried about him you mean you know what his last name is right <laughs> yes of course uh yeah i was worried about him you know we've raced together a bunch over over the last few years and uh we always race each other really well so i knew we didn't have nothing to worry about and i thought we could put on a good show for everybody what does it mean to win a race like the Bill Emig Memorial? It's awesome. You know, like, like I said the other day, it's not only is it 20000 to win, but, uh, you know, it's just it's the most prestigious crate race we have in our region. So, uh, you know, this is my, my third time winning it. Um, it really means a lot. I can't thank uh, Mike and Vicky and everybody with Rush enough for putting this on. Uh, you know, Lernerville, all the track crew here, just uh, everybody put in so much effort this weekend to make this this weekend happen. If uh, somebody would have told me before the weekend started that we were going to get all three days in, I'd have told them no way. You know, so uh, that that was pretty impressive uh, all by itself. A twenty thousand dollar win here tonight, and you won your first ever Lucas Oil race last night. Tell us what this means this weekend for you, Max, and your career moving forward. I just love this place. I uh, growing up, I actually I, I didn't like it much coming here. We always struggled bad, and then. Uh, we turned it around one year and we've just gotten a little better and a little, I won that Uncle Sam race one year and we've gotten a little better and a little better and a little better ever since. So, uh, you know, I really love coming here. Um, you know, really glad we made the, the decision a little while ago to allow me to come come race this weekend. This one here was uh, one, one we'll remember for a long time. Who would you like to thank? Number one, my dad. You know, I, I can't do any of this without him. That's, that's obvious, but I got to thank, uh, you know, like I said, Brad and 
Kayla and everybody for allowing me to drive this thing, Briggs Transport for allowing me to do it and everything they've done for me, um, Centerline Motorsports, and I'd be lying, I don't know a sponsor on this car, but anybody who helps them out, you know, we sure do appreciate that. And, uh, you know, everybody who helps me too, Excess Storage, Murphy's Logging, CNJ Dairy, uh, Briggs Transport, um, Northwest Bus Service, just uh, we, we have a ton of people that help us, and it takes all of them to pull this deal off. Uh, it was a really good weekend. Well, let's see. We've got another special presentation. If I could borrow that check for a moment, I'll put it back here, and I'll grab my other check. If I could just a moment, guys. Pardon me. If we could hold this one. I'll slide in front of the camera. If we could get Valerie and Doug Hoover over here. They've got a special presentation for you. Doug, what do you have for uh, our winner, Max Blair? Our $7,000 championship ring. We made it D&B Jewelers just for this occasion. It's an honor and a privilege to present it to you as the winner. So, congratulations. What does that mean? You get a nice $7,000 ring out of this too, Max. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Thank you guys for that. That's a, that's a pretty cool, you know, I've, I've, won a, I've won a couple crate races and stuff before and we've never gotten anything like that. So that's really neat. Something we'll put up in a trophy case and uh, that, that's pretty cool. Thank you. And Valerie, give him a hand out there, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for Doug and Val uh, Hoover from D&V Jewelers. They're going to hold on to the ring for Max so we can get some photographs in here. We'll make sure, stick around. We want to get some photos with you guys. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and JWC-JWCA are unaffiliated entities. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapid on Racing. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to Nashville Super Speedway. We're excited to be here. We're going to start with our media availabilities this afternoon. We've now been joined by Josh Berry, who might be argued as the star of the week with all the exciting news. Josh, take us a little bit through your week and, and kind of um, what it was like for you, but but obviously we know you're ready to get focused on um, trying to win a NASCAR Xfinity Series championship as well. Yeah, no, obviously it's, you know, really, uh, really special week. I think um, yeah, everything Wednesday was uh, everything that I ever could have dreamed of, really, the job that that Mike, Mike Arning and, and True Speed, Stuart Haas Racing, everything they put on there at Charlotte Motor Speedway, um, you know, the whole day was uh, just super, super special. Um, you know, I just thought it was really, uh, really professionally done. I thought it was awesome that it gave a great opportunity for all everybody in the media to, to come out and, 
and uh, be a part of that versus just, you know, maybe sending out a tweet or something like that. So um, just thought it was really, really cool opportunity for me to get to, you know, make that moment really special. And, you know, obviously excited, um, you know, to make that move in the Cup Series for 2024, but feel like we still have a lot of, a lot of racing left to do this year, and, and we're focused on that this weekend. All right, we'll go ahead and go to questions. If you have a question for Josh, raise your hand. We'll work to get a mic over to you. We'll start up from, from Kelly, and then we'll make our way around the room. KellyCrandallRacer.com. Josh, this week you only get one introduction as a first-time Cup Series driver, right, To that you're going to the Cup Series for the first time. Do you feel like you've embraced just everything about this week, being able to reflect but look ahead? Have you had the conversation you've, you've wanted to have this week with different people? So, again, do you just feel like you've embraced this moment of, of getting that first cup ride? Yeah, no, I think so. Um, you know, like I said, obviously Wednesday was, was really special. And, you know, the reality of it is, is it's, it's no secret that this has kind of been going on for a while. So that gave me a little bit of time throughout the process to reach out to people that, that I needed to notify and, and talk to beforehand. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, like you said, it's a really meaningful week. You know, Wednesday was a really meaningful day. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's a unique feeling, right? You grow up as a kid. Um, you know, watching these races in the Cup Series and, and, and watching the greats uh, go after this, to, to know that you get, you've accomplished a goal of at least making it to that point is really special. But um, at the same time, I realize that there's going to be a lot of work ahead of me. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that. You know, I'm ready to embrace that. I think that I'm, I know that I'm going to have a great group around me, and, and uh, it, it'll be tough, but um, it's exciting as well. How different will the second half of the season be in just the sense of not having that on your shoulders? You said this has been going on for a while. Your conversations with Stuart Haas had started before the season even started. So will it be different to just not have that weight and all of that going on? You can maybe just get back to focusing on racing, so to speak? Yeah, um, I, I hope so, right? I don't. You, know, you just never know in that scenario how much it's really affecting yourself or your team uh, throughout the process. Um, you know, obviously that you know obviously i've known this is going on and even the the hendrick motorsports opportunity and that in the background it's been a lot going on the last few months so um it's a little bit of a relief to not necessarily have to you know have that out in public and behind us um but we'll have to see how that affects affects us i think you know obviously my race team is is uh you know really happy and really excited for me and and we're all super super excited for the opportunity we have have in front of us um you know we want after 10 plus years of being at junior motorsports, um, we want to go out with, you know, a lot of great performances and, and we all, we all as a group intend to try to do everything we can to accomplish that. All right, Stephen, go ahead. Stephen Toronto, CBS Sports. Josh, you're from Hendersonville, uh, right down the road. So I just wanted to get a sense of if you've been able to see and appreciate what the local response to your news this week has been. Uh, I, I saw someone posted, uh, that news being shared on a uh, Facebook group for Hendersonville. Everyone there seemed really excited. Obviously, there's a big community around the Nashville Fairgrounds where, where you've raced. So talk a little bit about what it's been like uh, coming home, having uh, having the week you've had. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I mean, obviously, I had a lot of support from you know family and friends in this area that have um, watched me race over the years and guys that I raced with over the years and 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 know well from this area obviously means means a lot and you know the reality of it is we were we were somewhat intentional by this week being uh the week of this announcement given that um you know we were coming here to race so 
it's uh, yeah, it, tr it definitely means a lot, um, and we're you know we're ready to get on track this weekend for sure. And, and something you referenced, uh, you mentioned that ten plus years mark that you've spent with Jutner Motorsports, and really you know you've been there since you moved to North Carolina. I think it was in 2010, 2011 or so. In, in, in all different capacities before eventually going full-time in the Xfinity Series. So uh, what do you think it's going to be like uh, leaving the nest almost and seeing, you know, seeing what, how things are done at Stuart Haas after you know, so long with one organization? Well, I think, um, you know, for one, the, you know, these next few months as we close out this year, and, and race for wins and, and hopefully a championship, you know, it's going to be somewhat emotional. But, you know, I feel like, you know, even leaving Junior Motorsports that I know that I'm going to have a lot of, the, a lot of um, you know, assets there with Dale and Kelly and LW. I mean, those friendships and the relationships that you build over a decade plus don't just go away. Um, you know, so this, uh, you know, it's going to be different. Um, it's definitely going to be a change, but sometimes, you know, change is a good thing. And so for me, it's, it's exciting to, um, you know, have this new opportunity on the horizon and, and go, to a, go to another race team and just see how things work and, and, and kind of go, go with a f uh, fresh slate and go to work and, and, and see what we can do. Gotcha. Thanks, Josh. All right, Mark Garrow. Mark, I think you had a question. Go ahead. Mark Garrow, PRN. We're all human beings here. How do you compartmentalize the rest of the season? Okay, I got a job to do here. Got a championship, races to win, and yet that is the brass ring is already kind of out there. How how do you set yourself up to handle this second half of the year that way? Well, I don't think anything is going to change too much. Uh, it's like I said, I feel like having that out there and and, and announced already is is um, you know a really positive thing for everybody. Um, you know, whether it's myself, or my race team, Junior Motorsports, and Stuart Haas as well. I think having that, having this done and, and um, behind us is nice. You know, obviously, you know, behind the scenes, we'll be working on some things, um, yeah, you know, over the course of the next few months to get everything uh, put together for me for next year to make sure that I can hit the ground running. But I just think it, you know, gives us a little bit of a chance to kind of reset as a race team, um, you know, we've had a tough couple weeks without a doubt. And I think this gives us a chance with the off week to kind of reset and, and refocus and just, you know, just try to do everything we can to, to end this the way that, that we, that we dream of. And that, and that's going to be winning races and competing for a championship at Phoenix, um, which we were able to do last year. So I have, you know, I have complete confidence in my team that we can, we can do that. And, uh, you know, that all starts today. My final question You've been an inspiration to a lot of short track racers who didn't necessarily have the money or the big sponsor to kind of step it up, making it to the Xfinity Series. How much inspiration do you think you'll be to some of those guys now to dig in a little bit harder that you can make it all the way uh, to the top by merit and by hard work and by talent? Well, I think that I hope that there's some sort of inspiration throughout that whole process. Um, you know, obviously I have a, I have a, one of the sports most popular and prominent figures of the last 20, 30 years and Dale Jr. in my side supporting me. So, um, you know, I know without a doubt that he's been a tremendous part of my career. Right. So that's been well documented, but, um, 
you know, the reality of it is, is I just, what I think I represent more than anything is just that if you just work hard and try to treat people right, do the right things and, and show up and go to work every day that, you know, hopefully you know, things can fall your way. And um, ultimately that's what ended up happening in this opportunity, right? I know that, um, you know, a lot of things over the course of the last 15 years had to go my way to get here. Um, you know, without a doubt, there was not any, uh, my path was not forged for me. Um, we didn't buy it. We just worked and progressed and took the opportunities that we got and made the most of them. And, and, and it was a slow progression, but a great progression. And, and, um, you know, I'm just proud of that. And, um, you know, just, just thankful for the, you know, everything that I've learned over the last 15 years. All right, we're going to go Chris and then to Dalton. Go ahead, Chris. Thanks. Josh, you talked about the announcement being intentional this week, coming back to your home track. I just want to know what it's like racing at your home track again with friends and family and everybody in the stands, and what does that do for you on a week like this? Yeah, no, it's super exciting. Uh, obviously, racing in this, this area is, is extremely popular, at, whether it's here at the fairgrounds. Um, and, and coming here, you know, I, I came here as a – you know, a teen, I guess, maybe not a kid, you say, but as a teen watching, you know, Bush Series races, Truck Series races, ARCA, IndyCar, all the, all the racing here um, throughout the years. So it's always exciting to come back here and race. And, um, you know, just even just me personally, uh, growing up racing, wa- racing really at the fairgrounds and watching a lot of racing there. And, and to me, I have like this list of a few iconic trophies, right? And a guitar is one that's like at the top of the list for me. So having the opportunity to come race race for that this weekend is really exciting. And uh, you know, it's just it's just always fun, right? I just I love this area and and it's it's exciting to come race at your home track for sure. All right, Dalton, go ahead. And we'll come up front to Chris Knight. Go ahead, Dalton. Hey Josh, Dalton Hopkins with frontstretch.com. So being around the late model community as long as you have been, is there somebody out there that you feel like hasn't gotten the recognition and hasn't gotten the opportunities that you have that that deserves it just like you have well I mean that's a you know that's extremely hard question to answer right because I mean there's so many of those guys and I don't even know that I really want to specifically name one one guy because I don't think it's fair to so many of them that that I could sit here and name and I know I would miss somebody but you know the one that comes to mind to me that's most prominent at least in my life now would be would be Carson Quapple um He's young and new into this in a way, uh, but, you know, has done an amazing job with our late model program. And I think if one thing throughout this this whole process and everything that's happened, um, you know, I really hope that, you know, this, you know, my move here and the trajectory that I've been on, I hope that everything works faster for Carson than it did me. Because um, I think he's a phenomenal talent. And I've worked on the ground with him in the in those in those moments. I know what he's capable of, and and, I, and he's young, and he's a very talented driver. And to me, I think that's you know that's it. Whether how that what his future holds, I'm not sure of. You know, that's by no means um, figured out. But you know, hope that opportunities come his way. All right, Chris, go ahead. ChrisKnightCatchlines.com. Josh, I was just curious what it meant to you to have Dale Earnhardt Jr. at Wednesday's announcement. Yeah, so that was kind of funny, actually, because we finished the download, and he was like, he's like, hey, Rodney texted me and said, you know, that he wanted to see me today, but, you know, like, are you okay if I come? And I'm like, what? Like, yeah, I'm okay if you come. Like, 
he actually asked me if I, if I was okay with him. He's like, I'm just going to hang out in the background. I'm not going to do any media or anything like that. I'm like, yeah, right. I know how that's going to go. But he ended up, you know, he come out and it really meant a lot for him to be there and support me. And I think it just shows a lot about the whole, the whole situation, right? That, that he's, you know, he's really genuinely excited and believes this is a great opportunity for me. All right. Any final questions for Josh? All right, Josh, congratulations again on a great weekend and best of luck this weekend as well. Thank you. Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price, and it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away. Number one, Cochran. See it all at Cochran.com. The month of July at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway is shaping up to be a thrilling month of entertainment at Dirt's Monster Half Mile. On Saturday, July the 1st, Falcone's Moon Township Automotive presents the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series. The wingless daredevils fight one another to tame Dirt's Monster Half Mile. On Saturday, July the 8th, it's autograph night where everyone will get to meet the drivers and see the cars up close on the front stretch of the Speedway. Saturday, July 15th, it's the annual Herb Scott Memorial featuring the Rush Late Model Touring Series. One week later, on July 22nd, our TMT Transportation Action Event Divisions will be on display as the Rush Sportsman Modifieds join us for another visit. And the month rounds out on July 29th with the Rush Sprint Cars, headlining a TMT Transportation Action Event. Visit ppms.com today. Search PA Motor Speedway on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, home of Dirt's Monster Half Mile. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. We're at Wernerville Speedway for night number one of the Firecracker weekend. And joining us is the driver of the number one rocket house car, Hudson O'Neill. Hudson, welcome to, once again to Rapping on Race. And I had a chance to talk to you back last November, which was your first time in, in the rocket car. And you still had some commitments with your previous teams, but I had a chance to see you down in, in Florida. And all of a sudden, it was a little bit of a slow start. But then in, in racing, you never know what's going to happen. Something clicked, and since Florida, the team has just been very, very consistent. Many top fives, top tens almost every night, nine wins on the season. We're halfway through. We're kind of into money months now, and it's been a great year so far. It, it really has. Uh, 
you know, like you said, it, we got off to a little bit of a slow start at the beginning of Speed Weeks, but I felt like it took a little bit of learning, you know, uh, just to work together and, uh, you know, what I needed and, and what I looked for in a race car. And, um, you know, it, it's it's hard to jump in, in any team that's been so accustomed to doing something for so long and, and then to try and change that. It it can be tough sometimes. And But, you know, it took us just a couple weeks down in Speed Weeks and then we started rolling and we started getting a little bit better and, and then we started to win some races and then we just kind of been building upon it ever since so it's been a really good year so far and uh, we're just in June so uh, we got we got a few more months you know it's always nice to come back to get, at least for us to have you know Lucas come to Learnerville this is the second year now obviously you've made the trip in you know to the Pittsburgh the last couple years but you know we you talk about gelling and, and anything that you do in life communication is so important and you know you have communications with Mark and Steve and your dad and it's, like you said it took a little while to gel but now that it's gelled like I said it seems like you're on the same page yeah for sure um you know, and, and what I like is, is we're competitive about everywhere we go. Or, or you know, maybe not winning race car, but, but we're right there. And, and that's something I've never, that's something I've always struggled with. And, and not even just on the race car, on, on the driving part of it. But Mark Richards is, and Danny White and everybody on this crew is so good at just being able to kind of coach you through the hard times and through, you know, some of the situations you might struggle in. And, and that's really helped me a lot as a driver. So... Uh, you know, I'm just fortunate to be with such a great team and uh, have such great guys behind me. And uh, I'm the one that gets all the glory, but uh, you know, I, I don't think I don't think that's even the case. I, you know, these guys they do a lot, and they're the ones uh, they're the reason for the success. The interesting part is a lot of these cars are the cars that Brandon ran, and again, what. I feel, or Brandon felt, or you felt in anything, we're all going to have a different opinion on how things are. You can set it up to a base setup, and Hudson's going to say, wow, I'm just not comfortable with that. Right, yeah, and, and that was a little bit of the struggle that we had whenever I first came. Um, you know, that we just kind of, you know, I just wasn't quite the same as Shep, and, and it just took a little bit different, and, uh, you know, that, that was what mainly took us a while to kind of get to get used to, you know, and... Uh, but I understand, you know, they, they did this, not the same thing, but, but they had the same driver for six or seven years and, and uh, just got accustomed to the way he liked to drive and what they changed on the race cars and everything else. So, um, yeah, it's, it's coming along good. Uh, you know, I still think that there's times that we can improve and, uh, you know, there's times I can improve as a driver and I do things that, that sometimes might set us behind or, or whatever. And, uh, you know, that's just... Uh, you know, I'm just 22, so I'm still learning, and, uh, you know, I got some great teachers behind me. I remember back years ago, you were probably at that time about 16, and you were at the, Pitts, at the Pittsburgher, and, you know, Josh was still in the car. And I'm sure when, you know, Brandon took over from Josh, again, everybody's different, you know, but you just had some runs at Eldora, a historic track. And, again, you're more of a Midwest guy, but to come back east to, you know, run Eldora, in Lernerville, which are iconic tracks. And your thoughts, I don't know how many times you've run at Lernerville other than last year. Yeah, just last year, you know, I, I got to come here for the Lucas show, and I'd never been here. I always wanted to come here. And, uh, you know, last year was a, was a okay showing for me. Uh, I was, I think I got inside the top five just one night. I, I was struggling this time last year. And, uh, and then when we went out west, I started to just, I started to get a little bit better. And, uh, but, 
I look forward to coming here this year. Uh, you know, I really, really enjoy this place. I think it's a fun place to race and a good racetrack and just something I felt like I didn't really get the full experience of last year with a not very successful showing. So hopefully we can have, uh, have a good weekend and uh, come out of here with a little bit more money. Do you feel, Hudson, that, and listeners, if you're joining us, joining us, we're talking to Hudson O'Neill, the driver of the one number one Rocket House car. You've ran the, 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 the tracks and held tour so much in the Midwest, but when you come back east, one of the things that drivers will always tell me is the track surfaces, even though it's a two-day show, a one-day show, it changes. So what you're going to have here for three nights, now hopefully the weather holds off, but there's never like a consistency to say, where it's, where it's, okay, we did good Thursday night, and the Friday's going to be a completely different track. Yeah, yeah. Uh it's that, that's that's what's challenging about dirt late model racing and, and dirt racing in general you know you can have one racetrack one night and be really good and then you have a different racetrack next night and be not very good you know like tonight racetrack uh, no rain was lucky enough to stay away and i feel like we will probably have a slick racetrack tonight and then come tomorrow might rain and you got a you know you got a little bit wetter racetrack so that's that's just a little bit of how what can change and your race car can change and and like you said you can have a completely different night and uh so that's what makes this sport so fun. It's just trying to be able to stay on top of that. And uh, and normally the guy that can stay on top of it is normally the one that, that's, uh, that's got a good shot at winning here on Saturday. And last year it was Mike Marler. He came up with something. And he, he just was good all three nights. But you know, you're talking about gentlemen that can help you. You, know, you got Mark Richards that has a notebook that you're probably too young to remember what a phone book was like, but uh, thick notes. I mean, there's not a track that Mark, you've probably raced that, that he hasn't doesn't have a notebook somewhere. And the laps that they've turned here, whether it was with Josh or with Brandon, now with you, it has to be comforting. Oh, yes, 100%. And, and that's helped me a lot. Uh, you know in the seat as to uh, whenever we go to these racetracks you know he's watched Josh and Brandon turn so many laps and, and even before that with uh, you know leading up to that with Bard or, or uh, Ronnie Combs or whoever it might be you know he knows these racetracks like the back of his hand you know and uh, and that helps me him be able to coach me and give me tips before we go out there and you know make sure I'm in the right part of the racetrack for whatever it is and and uh, that that's that's been a big help. And but like you said, uh, as far as the race car goes, you know he's he's been all these things several times over and uh, knows and, and you know and, and is really good at being able to get a race car close and uh, being competitive everywhere we go. I know when I talked to you, Charlotte, you didn't have your dad with you. Is your dad going to be able to make it this weekend? No, he's not. <laughs> he's not going to come up here. He's uh, a little too far for him. So. Uh, but no, it was good. Like we had him at Kokomo, and uh, whenever I won the hundred thousand, and that was really special. That was cool to have him there and be a part of that, and and uh, just fortunate to be able to be in a position to do something like that. And uh, hopefully, he'll be at more soon. Hey. You want to stay consistent, and one of the things that's new this year with Lucas is, I don't want to say you're rewarded for consistency, but you got to stay up into that top four. So when you get towards the end of the year, there's going to be a race back in, in Pittsburgh in the end of uh, September, and that's going to set you basically up for the last race at Eldora, and that's a totally di- different concept that you guys are used to racing. Yeah, you know, it... Uh I, I think there's some good things that come with it and some bad things that come with it. You know, it, uh, you work all year and you go to the end of the year and you're racing your, your, uh, 
your championship is going to be decided by one race. There's a lot of money that comes with it, and uh, hopefully that we can uh, be inside the top four, have a chance to race for a championship on that weekend, and uh, maybe be lucky enough to win it. So uh, it's going to be cool. I think there's going to be a lot of attention around that weekend, and uh, we're just I just hope we can be a part of it. Again, they always say in racing, consistency pays off, and hopefully that will at least launch you there. Well, Hudson, it's great that you're taking time from your schedule to join us on Wrapping on Race, and I wish you the best this weekend. And if I don't get a chance to see you till Pittsburgh, best of luck this weekend and the rest of the year. All right. Thank you so much, sir. Business owners, if your ad was here, our listeners could find out about your company. Speedway Productions has several advertising packages to fit your budget. Rappin' on Racing airs live at iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, RappinOnRacing.com, or Hulu Television. You can also listen on your computer, iPhone, or iPad. Don and his co-hosts present the good, the bad, and the ugly of local racing. The two-hour show features local track reports, special guests, driver interviews, and all of the national racing news. Check out the show and let us know if you are interested in becoming a marketing partner. For additional information, call 412-999-6625 or email rappinonracing at gmail.com. And now more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Howie Bayless. Race fans, right now we're going to grab a word with a gentleman who picked up a career first. Late model feature win. After four years of trying, countless second places, what a night. First, you won the heat race by luck of the draw. You drew the pole, but, man, you drove your ass off and held off a legendary driver in Barry Audi, a young gun at Owen Howe, to get that first win. And Jeremy Schaefer, let me be the first to congratulate you. Thanks, Howie. I truly appreciate it. It, It's such a surreal feeling right now to be able to win at this level, you know, against so many, you know, drivers that have countless wins. You know, to beat a guy like Barry Audi, you know, when you see that 75 in your mirror, you're just thinking, oh, man, the best I can do right now is second place. But, you know, I'm so thankful we were able to hold on tonight. And, you know, like I told you after the heat race, man, we just needed some luck on our side. I think we finally found that. You know, they say they... You make your own luck, and I'll tell you what, a great night, and pick up the heat race win. You get the feature win, and more importantly, your family was here. Just seeing the look on your kid's face as they were going to victory lane. I remember when you won the street socks. I don't believe your third child was here yet. Yeah, my, well, my second kid. That, that, uh, the other little girl, that's my niece, and it was, it was an awesome feeling having my whole family here. You know, without them, you know winning a feature race doesn't really mean a whole lot without family so i'm super thankful for my you know family being here tonight you know i can't thank my dad enough for dealing with my shit week in week out you know dad are we gonna do this and he just tells me to get in and drive the damn car and so i'm I'm thankful for that jeremy when you started racing about 10 years ago i would say 15. 15 years ago i'm sorry I had massive head trauma in 2000. Uh, just kidding, but oh, I did actually. But getting back, when you started racing 15 years ago in the uh, stock division on dirt, um, did you ever think that you would progress to an asphalt super late model winner? Absolutely not, because we always said, you know, uh, hell, asphalt's for getting there, dirt's for racing. But, uh, you know, after we 
took a break from dirt. We took a year off, and then we came here asphalt racing. I don't, I don't see ever going back to dirt. You know, this is, this is awesome being able to race up here at Jennerstown Speedway. It's a first class facility, and uh, it just, you know, I don't, I don't know what else to say, man. I think we need to give a shout out to the person who sold you your first ever asphalt car, Howie Bayless. <laughs> hey, I, yeah, well, I'm just kidding, but I still remember you coming down and. And you were nervous, you know, you, you did good on the dirt. You won in the crate late model on the dirt. And, um, you know, when you come to asphalt, or vice versa, if you go from asphalt to dirt, it's a completely new learning curve. And it has to be intimidating when you're successful on one and you're going there with no knowledge. And it's not like you guys had any teammates or anybody to help you. It's always been you and your dad. Yeah, we we've come here with pretty much a clean slate not knowing anything and we figured hey we'll start in a street stock we don't want to draw, jump into the top tier division and be in everybody's way but man we you know we bought our first street stock off you guys you know you and the minjocks and uh we ended up finding success pretty quick and that would kind of led us to you know hey maybe we'll run a couple years of street stocks and then we'll go ahead and move up to late models and moving up to late models that was short and eye opener too because man these guys they uh they know what they're doing now, one thing with you, since you made the move into the dirt late model, you've always had a crate motor, and it, you know, you got to be consistent and smooth with these crate motors. You don't have the big horsepower that could, you could outpower it, and it just goes to show when you you won tonight. You had Barry Audi, who has over forty years of racing experience, and um, Owen Halp, who has about three years of racing experience so you had the young gun the seasoned veteran and you all coming down that front stretch um side by side battling for that position and did you enjoy it as much as the fans did i don't know i mean i can tell you right now my butthole was puckered going into turns three and four for the last lap because i'm thinking man my dad told me that uh pinch that thing down low audi's on the inside and i figured I'm chopping them off. I got to get this win. But, uh, man, I, I hope the fans enjoyed it. You know, I'm, I'm still pumped. I can't believe it. Jeremy, let's go ahead right now and talk about this winning crew and all the marketing partners that it takes to put the number 16 uh, Schaefer Transit Chevrolet in victory lane. Uh, I, I, first and foremost, I got to thank my dad. And, uh, you know, he's, he's stuck with me for all these years. And he always, he always says, hey, just get in and drive it, you know pretty much shut up and drive it i'm tired of hearing and complaining but uh i gotta thank my wife for letting me follow out my dreams of continuing to race uh with without her support you know i, I couldn't do it you know she stands behind me 110 percent uh my brother you know he's here every week giving up his free time missing you know time to be with his family and i'm i'm truly thankful for that my mom you know i, I can't appreciate her help too and uh, as far as sponsors, I, I can't thank, you know, these guys enough. SNS Tools, uh, Eagle House Farm, GoBobby.net, The Rambler, Amit Construction, Himmler Enterprises, RA Schaefer Transport, and Pete's Firearms. Now, we talked earlier coming up the Motor Master. That race has a unique history for you. Did you ever find your helmet? <laughs> yeah, I found my helmet. It was... Uh, Laying outside the turns, turn one uh, fence, but came back a little scratched up, but hey, I'm still wearing it. And all those hard nights, and I don't want to say you doubted yourself, but it's human nature. 
you know, you, you had so much success and you came over to the asphalt and you had success with the street stock. And, you know, you always got to remember one thing. It's metal. And it's going to do what I tell it to do. But you had that bad wreck last year and basically clipped the car. And it just seems like since you got that clip, maybe this car is set up more to your driving style. Yeah, we, we, it was a huge learning curve after we, we had clipped the car because it was a big spring car before. And then now we're on coilovers. And, man, it was it was such a huge learning curve. And then it was like, man, we ever going to get this? And then we... Uh, we, I mean, we got some advice off Barry Audi, which, you know, he's, you can ask that guy anything. He'll, he'll do anything to help out a fellow racer. But uh, we, we've, I think we finally found a pretty good setup in the car. So, And, and that's one thing about Barry Audi. He's an old school racer, and he got that from his dad, Bill. And what I mean by that is I can remember Bill coming to the track and uh, with Barry and his other son, Brian, and they'd be battling for championships with other drivers. And, one night we were like, where's your dad? And where's Bill? And we found him, and you're not going to believe what Bill was doing. He was over there working on the guy Barry was battling for the championship. He's like, Dad, what are you doing? And Bill said, you're going to beat him on the track because you two are going to race for the championship. It's not going to be one of you guys who's in the pits broke. And that just said something about Barry. And, you know, for him to take time to tell you, answer your question, you know, I hope you're learning. And, uh, you know, you're the future of our sport, Jeremy. You got that first win, and uh, I see a lot more coming. And I sure hope we can add to it. Uh, my, my main goal every week is bringing home a one piece to make it faster. So hopefully we can be consistent and finish up front every week. Race fans, be sure to keep your eyes on the GoBobby.net. Car number 16, Jeremy Schaefer, the driver. Jeremy, congratulations, and thank you for your time. Thanks again, Howie. I appreciate it. Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store. Or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price, and it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away. Number one, Cochran. See it all at Cochran.com. And now more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Howie Bayless. Race fans, now we're going to grab a word with a driver who made the move over to the one-stop auto sales Pro Stocks at Jennerstown Speedway. This is the pilot number 14, Zane Farrell. Zane, welcome to Wrapping on Racing. Hi, how are you doing? I am good, and uh, welcome back to racing. You took the 2022 season off, regrouped, and came back this year in the one-stop auto sales Pro Stocks. Uh, you've competed in multiple divisions, won multiple championships throughout your career, charger champion down at the Motordrome Speedway. 
EMOD champion at the Jennerstown Speedway, super late model winner at the Jennerstown Speedway. Now you're in the pro stocks and uh, doing it on your own this year. Um, how does it feel to be back behind the wheel of a late model? That feels good, you know. Um, it was it was a little little relaxation last year. It was relaxing to take the year off, but I missed it. I missed it here and there, but it was nice to you know come in here last year and. Uh, I still stayed involved. I, you know, spotted for the 10 car in Pro Stocks, Sam Osborne, and uh, getting to work with her last year really, uh, it, was a lot, it was a lot of fun. And uh, being up on the spotter stand, being able to watch the division, you know, I kind of, you know, me and my dad, we talked about it. And we said, oh, instead of racing late models, let's just go run on Pro Stocks instead. So here we are. And this is the same motor combination that you had in your E mod. So the 602 crate's nothing new to you. And, um, been fast adapting well to the you know you're still on the late model chassis you're on the same tires as you were but just a little less horsepower but how does it affect your driving style in these cars well honestly i mean it's it is it's a little different um with the tires and stuff like that but uh it honestly brings back the days of the modified like you really had to wrestle these cars around the modifieds here you had to wrestle them around the track you couldn't you couldn't uh baby them as i call it you know you can't baby them around the track and but this this car here you know i i love it because it brings back the days of the modified and um and i had a lot of success in the modifieds you know success is nothing new to you like i said you're uh Former Charger champion, I believe that was in your second year of racing down at the Motordrome Speedway, and then you moved up here, and you came from the go-karts, so really a crate motor is nothing new to you, because even in the go-karts, you're limited horsepower, you got to work on your handling, and that just seems to be where you excel. You get these cars through the turns almost better than anybody else. Yeah, we've been... We've been really struggling this year a little bit, though. I mean, like we said, adapting everything over, you know. We um, we, we, we had a good opening night, and once we really started setting in, you know, we kind of found some things wrong. Things that haven't really been, you know, handling the best this past couple of weeks. But, you know, we made do, and we kind of drove the shit out of the car. <laughs> drove, the, drove, the, drove the hell out of the car, you know. But, uh, they, um, yeah, we, we could put it back on the scales this week and just, tried some different things we found a lot of things wrong you know but now that we we have we actually had a good night we had good nights in the garage this week i think we got some for tonight and the car is black the same as the late model and you know were you able to take any of your information from the late model into the pro stock or you know you just put that book away hopefully you might need it again down the road I took a little bit of notes out of it, you know, some a lot of the a lot of the percentages of the geometry that we had with uh with the late model technology taking the late model technology out and just kinda going back to basics with everything on this car with you know, no center pull in the rear end from Port City or anything and uh the six oh four uh motor was a little bit lighter than the six oh twos right here, so we've been having to try to readjust some things, readjust the readjust the geometry of the car. But other than that, like I said, we had a good week in the garage this week and we found a lot of things wrong and I I hope it works out tonight. Zane, how long have you been racing now in the cars? This is what, about your 11th or 12th season? I'd say it's every bit of 12 years now. Yeah, 12, 13 years now. Mm-hmm. And what do you enjoy most? The uh, the camaraderie at the track, the actual excitement of driving the car, or are you one of those people who just enjoy building them? Well, uh, I mean, I like driving them. I like working on them. You know, when you find something, you know, you find something and you – 
Something wrong on the scales in the garage, you know. It's fun, but I like a little bit of everything here. I like coming to Jennerstown. You know, it's a great atmosphere, good track. You know, it's a, I think one of the fastest growing tracks on the Eastern Seaboard. You know, and uh, I, I, I still enjoy the driving part. You know, last year taking the taking some time off and not getting any, uh, not getting no seat time or anything last year. You know, I was, I was a little worried on opening night whenever you know we, I was going to get go out there and say, oh, you know, I don't know if I still have it. Well. Yeah, I feel like I still got it a little bit in me, you know, and I, I just want to just want to go out and compete, you know, go out and compete for some wins and, you know, run run top three, top five, you know, that would be a huge win in anything for us right now. Now, new look to the car this year. Gone are some of your longtime sponsors, but it looks like you picked up some new ones, Oakley uh, Heating and Air Conditioning. And uh, why don't we go ahead and talk about the crew and all the marketing partners that make this number 14 go around. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't thank everybody enough who got me back on the track this year. You know, it was, it was a lot of long, long nights and talking over the winter. You know, and um, you know, Oki had came on board with us with Oki's heating and air conditioning. They've been big help to me. Margarita's Mexican restaurant in Mount Pleasant. They've been a huge help to me too. Um, I have um, Better Call Paul's Tree Service, LNS Machine Company, um, Krista Cornelison State at State Farm in Mount Pleasant. Um, I think I got everybody almost. Linda Brown's floral. You know, she's all, my aunt's always helped me no matter what. And in racing, um, Max Industrial, uh, my buddy Spencer Davis at Spencer Davis Motorsports, he's helped me, you know, a ton through the, through the uh, off season too with some notes and just a little bit of this and that, you know. And uh, he helped me with, he helped me design the help me He helped me uh, with the design of the car. YRD, YRD Designs designed the car, you know. Brandon, my friend Brandon Newhouse, he does a heck of a job at designing cars, you know. And, um, yeah, I just like thank you know everybody who's helped me get on this track. You know, I got to thank Bill Rebar. He he helped me a ton this off season. You know, and uh, he was he's been a big help in my late model career. You know, he's been a huge help to me. Um, I got to thank my dad, my dad, my mom, uh, Tim Shinoski. He comes every week with us. You know, and he loves coming. He loves doing it. Uh, you know, I hope I didn't forget anybody, but uh, I got to thank like Dale Glessner. Dale Glessner helped me out a ton. You know, Glessner's helped me. Um, uh, I just, there's so many people to thank. I just I can't thank these guys enough for helping me get back out this year. Race fans, be sure to keep your eyes on the Okies One Stop Auto Sales Car Number 14. Zane Farrell, the driver. Thank you, Zane. Thanks, Howie. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. Race hands, right now we're going to grab a word with the youngest feature winner in Jennerstown history on the asphalt in the late models, Ethan Myers. Ethan, welcome to Wrapping on Racing. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Thanks for taking time out of your day to do a quick interview um, this year, something a little bit new. Last year around midseason, you switched alliances and became kind of a junior teammate to Barry Audi under his tutelage. 
And man, this SE tire car number 19, it's been getting con more consistent week in and week out. Yes, uh, I can't thank Barry enough for his work. He takes care of the car during the week, and uh, he sets the car up, and he he teaches me how to drive the car on the track and off the track, and it's really amazing having him set up our car. What's it like to have somebody such as Barry take an interest in your career and try to take you up to the next level? I mean, you've gone to some touring races and been very competitive, but, you know, to come to Jennerstown and win, you got maybe in the late models, eight to ten cars on any given night that can win. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Apparently we interrupt this for a pizza break. <laughs> um, what was the question? I almost forget. It's been so long. Hi, Mike Velarde. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said, what is it like knowing that somebody like Barry Audi takes an interest and wants to help make you, I don't want to say a better driver because that's almost a little, a little bit insulting, but take you up to that next level as a driver. Um, it's pretty cool because he's been here for so long and he knows this track and just looking up to him and driving in his footsteps is pretty cool. Now, how did you get your start in racing? Um, like so many others, I believed you were a go-karter, but when you came to the asphalt, you didn't start out in the four-cylinder. You went right into a asphalt super late model, right? That's correct. I, uh, we talked about it, and we heard that the best way to learn is to start at the top. And work and run with the best uh, drivers here. So that's what we did. And what was it like your first time coming into Jennerstown, into the pits, and you race on a go kart track, which a circle track would fit guys. Correct me if I'm wrong. You could probably get eight to ten of them inside Jennerstown Speedway. It had to be like coming from Martinsville to Talladega. Yeah, it's very similar. Um, the car's a lot bigger, obviously, and it's it's really hard to get a judge of the nose, but. Ever since then, we've been good, so I think uh, we're going to have a pretty good rest of the year. And let's go ahead and talk about, this is what, your third year in the late model, correct? Second. Second full year. Second full year, third overall? Yes. Okay. And what were your goals going into this year? Like I said, as a rookie, you knocked out that first win, which was very impressive. And, you know, since I, you teamed up with Barry, it just seems like, I don't want to say rejuvenated your career. It's only your third season behind the wheel, but it got you going rejuvenated. Yes, uh, our goals were to stay more consistent, run and try to get in the top five every race and just work for that win. Winning so early, is it a big relief or a big burning? It's a big burning because you expect that every week. Uh, not winning first night out, uh, you're, you're still reaching and trying to dig for that first win. And what do you enjoy most about the racing, um, the late models? I mean, every time you're on a track, it's a new learning experience, but um, you enjoy coming to the races, the competition, and being with your family, your friends. What do you like best? Um, I like being with family and friends and just hanging out with the guys off the track. It uh, brings us really close as a family, too. Now, do you miss the go-karting? No, not at all. Do you think coming out of a go-kart, which is very low on horsepower, into an asphalt late model with the crate motor, I think it gave you an advantage because you never really had overabundance of power that you could power a car out of? Um, I think it did. Um, I just feel like the late models was just a really big learning curve from the go-kart. And while we have a minute, let's go ahead and thank the crew, the sponsors, and everybody who keeps the SE Tire Toyota Camry number 19 out there on the track. Yeah, I'd like to thank uh, Myco Properties, uh, Barry Audi, uh, Export Tire, 
um, steering buddy, um, Bob's tree service, and my dad for making this possible. Race hands, be sure to keep your eye on the number 19 Port City. Ethan Myers, the driver. Thank you for your time, Ethan. Thank you. No one covers motorsports like Rapid on Racing. For nearly 40 years, Rapid on Racing has provided the best in motorsports information with knowledgeable and veteran reporters who cover all forms of racing. Weekly reports include local dirt and asphalt racing from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, plus the All-Star, Lucas Oil Late Models, NASCAR, Rush, and the World of Outlaws. Listeners get the latest breaking motorsports news. The show features special guests, local track reports, driver interviews. The host of Rapid on Racing is Don Gamble. A former driver and track promoter, Don brings a wealth of racing knowledge to the program every week. Rapid on Racing. I'd like to take a minute and thank all the photographers that provide the beautiful pictures that we use on the Rapid on Racing Facebook page. At Lernerville, it's Jason Bryan. At Pittsburgh, it's Steve Skarupa. Jennerstown is Benji Husick. Latrobe, Howie Bayless. Now, Howie and Scott Goodman travel around a lot, and we get pictures from them for specific racing events. And we thank all these people for their wonderful work. Tomorrow all the things were gone I'd work for all my life And I had to start again With just my children and my wife I thank my lucky stars To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away From the lakes of Minnesota To the hills of Tennessee Across the plains of Texas From sea to shining sea From Detroit down to Houston And New York to L.A. Where there's pride in every American heart And it's time we stand and say
today Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States. Have a great week and be sure to tune in for another installment of Rappin' on Racing. Stand on it. Come on, y'all. Stand on it.